Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 84 of Grow With Soul. If you are listening as this episode goes out, then welcome back to the podcast after the summer break. And you know, if you're listening in months and months of time, then just welcome, welcome back. (laughs) So over August, which I take off from publishing content and I actually generally get busy creating content, I've been working on my thought leadership. Now thought leadership isn't terminology that I really love because it just has certain connotations and sounds a bit drastic, but it does feel like the easiest term to use in this context. But when I say thought leadership, what I'm talking about is what makes me unique, my methodology and my process. So this is something that I thought I would talk to you about today. So working on these things hasn't been something that I've ever really done consciously. I don't want to say that to date I've been making things up as I've been going along because it really has been a bit more directed than that. But I think it's been fair to say that I've been in a test and learn mode for the last few years. So being confronted with problems from clients and students and then coming up with ways to help those problems. And then when those ways work, they become kind of put into the canon of things I know how to help with. I have had a few core principles and my why guiding me, of course, but not a methodology that I know works time after time after time. So the metaphor I've got in my head is kind of having a a central farmhouse, which is the why, but then just kind of random animals dotted in a few fields and it's all quite disjointed and scraping by versus having that central farmhouse, but all the fields are joined up and there's a crop rotation plan and all the equipment's readied and everything's working smoothly all together. So there were lots of useful elements in all the things that I was doing, but there was no red threads joining them all together, which often made me feel a little scattered, particularly when it came to creating new things like new offerings, new programs and new courses. This all came to a point this summer as I began working on a book proposal. So much like my work to date, I had a very strong why and knew the difference that I wanted this book to make, but my ideas were all a little scattered. So by the end of my first iteration of the proposal, I felt very strongly like I had lots of strong, interesting points that were grouped together underneath an exceptionally leaky umbrella. So the parts just didn't add up to a strong whole. And from what I was learning about the publishing industry, I knew that the idea, the marketable hook for the book was the most important thing. And that was what I didn't have. (laughs) So I also knew that I needed to communicate why it should be me over all others who should write this book. And I could think of 
really one or two people who might be better options for the leaky umbrella version. So while I was committed to the why of this book, I knew there were some big structural problems. (laughs) So as I was working on trying to fix the leaky umbrella, I realised that the key would be thought leadership. When I'd been planning the book, I'd started with the individual points I wanted to make and then tried to hang them together into a whole that made sense. So the content didn't emanate out from a fixed centre, which is why that all-important hook didn't exist. If I could show that the book was based around a methodology that was unique to me, then that would also answer the why me problem, because no one else can write a book based on my unique methodology, obviously. The more that I thought about it, the more I realised that drawing all the bitty parts of my work together into a single methodology would be helpful in lots of other places too. It would help to structure the direction of the trail, my membership program, it would it could form the basis of future workshops and courses. It would mean that rather than me trying to reinvent the wheel every time I made something new, which is kind of how I felt, and worrying that I was repeating myself, which was also how I felt, I could simply look at new ways to go deeper into the methodology because that in itself is unique enough and I don't need to come up with something completely different. One of the reasons that I've avoided doing too much around thought leadership and methodologies in this way is because the term thought leadership is often lumped in with the whole own your space thing. And as anyone who has taken the playbook knows, which by the way is available again in a self-led version at the moment, if you are interested, I will put the link in the show notes. But yes, so as anyone who's taken the playbook knows, I don't believe in owning your space. I believe in knowing who you are within a space and working on being magnetic at that rather than spending your energy and time trying to stop anybody else coming into your space kind of like a greedy dragon. So while I was thinking about my methodology, I had to make sure that I wasn't thinking in terms of a space to call mine, but rather in terms of how I am unique within the space that I operate in. Another point of resistance is also that my why is finding freedom without should-dos and having more soul. And I've spoken numerous times about the problem with educators sharing simple formulas and follow my framework just to achieve things because what works for one person is just impossible to replicate across hundreds of different businesses run by hundreds of different humans. So to say these are the five steps to guaranteed success is to me a bit of a lie. So obviously having a methodology of my own has not really been a priority and coming up with one that doesn't contradict my values and beliefs about this issue is something that has been really front of mind for me as well to make sure that where I'm taking the business and where I'm taking this thinking is really, really in alignment with my values and what the business stands for. The key for formulating the methodology in the first place and for negotiating these blocks has been the fact that I am not creating some methodology out of thin air, but I'm codifying what already exists. 
This actually all took me back to my politics A-level and learning about the difference between constitutions. So the USA has a codified constitution, which is just a single document you can hold in your hands and say, here is the constitution. Whereas the UK has an uncodified constitution, which just exists in the sum of historic laws and customs and some kind of parchment scrolls that are in parliament and others that have just kind of been passed down through parliamentary tradition. So with my methodology, I wasn't sort of like the the founding fathers at a table creating a document out of what I thought. Instead, I was taking all the bits and pieces of my uncodified way of working and turning them into something tangible. In some ways, I had already had a run at this with my slow marketing workbook, which includes the slow marketing manifesto. So this is the freebie you get when I when you sign up to my email list. So I will put the link in the show notes for that as well so that you can kind of see what I'm talking about if you're not already signed up. So this workbook covers all the principles I teach about marketing, the process that everybody, no matter where they are in their journey, can use to help make marketing feel less overwhelming. So the slow marketing manifesto or method, if you like, is one, simplify everything. Do nothing because you think you should have a reason greater than someone else's opinion. Two, be purposeful. Operate from a place of why and lead from your values. Stand for something bigger than a product. Three, humans, not numbers. Humans are what will make the difference. Embrace your humanity and speak to the humanity in others. Four, be valuable. Give value freely and happily, creatively and differently. Educate, entertain and inspire. You will be paid back in kind. Five, you are not a martyr. Keep hold of what fills you up and don't compromise yourself to suit other people. There is no point if you're not happy. Now, I still absolutely believe in and I teach these principles and kind of work with them every day. But when thinking about my methodology... The slow marketing manifesto felt like a branch rather than the trunk of the tree. There feels like there was something greater, something deeper than this. And yes, everyone I work with goes through these principles, but they also go through a deeper change too. One where they ultimately find their version of fulfillment and get what they want and the freedom they want through the way they now think about their business. The slow marketing manifesto covers off the kind of how part of my why, how, what. It's But it's my approach to marketing, but it's not my mission. So I needed to think about the tree trunk and the methodology that demonstrates how I enact my why in the world. In the last episode here with Sarah Tasker, I spoke a little about Kate Northrup and her work. And since that episode, I've actually signed up to Kate's annual membership program. And lo and behold, right there was a lesson about finding your core methodology and owning your thought leadership. So obviously, I thought that was a pretty big sign from the universe. So as I start to tell you about how I began to codify my methodology, then just know that some credit does go to Kate and her lessons for some of this process. 
So Kate said to first start by mapping out your journey and or the journey of your clients to ascertain where the main turning points are. So I set about writing down the key things like knowing your purpose, identifying your values, creating a vision. At this point, this is all really the obvious stuff that I do. And I was really felt that I was running the risk of just creating the slow marketing manifesto version two. So I just took a moment to think about what the end point really was. It wasn't knowing how to market your business. It was feeling free and fulfilled every day. And when I treated that as the end point, I realized that harnessing your strengths was important. Learning to understand and work with your fears rather than wasting time trying to get over them. That was important to to shift your mindset from success being something you have one day to something you can have every day is another really important part of that. And then it all flowed. All those little bits and pieces, the random parchment scrolls in the recesses of my mind all came and fit together into groups that were just really easy to categorise and that made sense to me as being reflective of my own journey and the journey of people that I've worked with. It just felt true. And so the inward attainment map was born. You see, I'm not interested in helping you perpetually strive for growth that's not towards something. Not interested in making you feel you need to hit external measures of success. I want to help you feel fulfilled every day internally to reconnect you to your source of fulfillment wherever you are in your working life. And so that's what the inward attainment map does. So attainment is that it's about reaching something, succeeding if you like for another word, but that it's a way to get to a point that you want to get to without necessarily defining what that point is for you. It is a four stage cycle that helps you experience all the iterations of fulfillment in your life because as we and our circumstances change, so too does what fulfillment feels like for us and and what we want to achieve and attain. So that is why it's a cycle and not a process to a defined end point. So let me just talk through a little bit what the four stages are. So first of all, we have a line and the characteristics here are feeling lost and stuck, looking around for inspiration all over the place and looking for it externally and just not knowing what you want or where to start or how to even start thinking about what you might want. The actions therefore that you need to take are to identify your values, identify your outward purpose and your inward purpose, so the impact you want to have in the world and what you want to get out of it, and to create an emotive vision. And so really what you're doing, you want to get to through the align stage is to change the thought process from what does fulfillment look like to what does fulfillment feel like. And from there you move on into the accept stage. So the characteristics here 
are that you become full of excuses and reasons about why you can't do something. You start to feel overwhelmed by fears and blocks. And although you have that understanding of your values, you're now coming up with all the fears and the reasons why you don't deserve or you can't go on and start to actually enact them in your life. So the actions here are to question your motivations and your actions and to understand the roots of your blocks in order to work with them rather than try to crush them down. So again, what the thought process we're changing here is going from how do I overcome my blocks to how do I work alongside my blocks? From there, we go into the apply stage. So this is probably the part people generally, in my experience, skip, align and accept and go straight in at apply to make a plan and start doing stuff. But without the other two things happening first, then it all becomes undirected and you start to suffer more with those fears that you've not kind of looked in the eye and understood. So the characteristics at apply stage are feeling really positive and inspired and like you've got a hundred different ideas but not that you've got any clear direction of which ones you're going to choose to follow and how to start actually putting it into place. So the actions here are to harness your strengths, give yourself permission and create a values-led roadmap. And here what we're changing in our thought process is going from what things can I do to what things take me to my vision. So getting everything much more aligned, focused and directed. And then finally we get to ascend. So the characteristics here are that you are immersed in your vision and your roadmap. So you know exactly where you're going and you feel very attached to that and you know exactly how you're getting there. You are seeking momentum and also you're looking out for the signs of change being made from what you're doing. So really what we want to do here is your actions are to have regular intuition check-ins just to make sure you're keeping everything really focused and directed. Consciously choosing, so making sure that you're really you really know why you're doing everything and choosing things consciously rather than just saying yes and also practicing a towards and within mindset so that is something where what you're looking to attain this the fulfillment or the success that you want you are working towards it but also working within it so you're finding ways to experience your vision in little moments every day and that's exactly what the thought process change is. So you're going from how long until I get where I want to be to how can I experience my vision today? So that's just your whistle-stop tour of the internal attainment map. And I'm going to be doing a lot more work on it over the rest of the year, um, particularly with regards to the trail and kind of making building it up in there so that there's a real specific process for people to follow through all the materials there. So it doesn't matter whether you are working a day job, just beginning to contemplate something different, or whether you've been running your business for 10 years, 
in some way you are at one of those four stages in your current iteration of fulfillment. Within each one, there is wriggle room and ways to find your own version of what works for you and layering on other processes will be helpful. So for example, using the slow marketing manifesto to act as a bridge to get you from one stage to another. But for me, this feels like the tree trunk, like what everything else has subconsciously come from. I hope that if we've worked together or you've taken one of my courses before, then you can kind of see a little something in what I've said that you recognise. So as I said, this is something that we'll be continuing to develop already, though the leaky umbrella book proposal has been turned around into something more focused and the inward attainment map methodology has proved there that everything in that book works in theory and as I said everything in the trail will be rejigged so if you are thinking about joining when the doors reopen in November you will be able to very consciously work through the map as cornerstone content and looking forward it will probably well it definitely will also be a huge part of the mastermind I've got planned for 2021 and any other little workshops and things. So if you are interested in joining the trail or you just want to hear about other things, then I will put the link to the waitlist in the show notes so you can just get on there and make sure you find out when it's open. So with this episode, I'm not saying that you have to have a methodology. And personally, I think it can take some time for your methodology to really show itself to you. There is absolutely no way I could have come up with this a year ago or even six months ago. If you, like me, feel like you're scrabbling around trying to fit parts together into a whole or you feel like some of your offerings are just scratching the surface of what you really do, then try thinking about whether having a central methodology based in your why, which is important, thinking about whether that will help to give you some direction. So yeah, that's it for today. All the links that I mentioned will be on my website at simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at simpleandseason. If you have a friend who you think would really love this episode, then please do send them the link and share where you're listening online too. And until next time, I hope you grow a song.